the Mindset Athlete Podcast and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition and mindset coaching business. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Corvey, the inspiration engineer. So welcome onto the show, Corvey. What's up? What's up, man? I appreciate you um, having me. I'm very grateful. I'm very excited to be here and to be able to build and connect with everybody. So yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Obviously, we connected well, a couple months ago in terms of getting to know each other a little bit better and it kind of went off like a house on fire and kind of went down. I think we spoke for about an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, when you when you vibe with somebody and, you know, there's that synergy, it just, uh, you plan for a 15, 30-minute call and then before you know it, like an hour and change gone by just because you're having a good time. So, yeah, it was awesome. So what I want to do and what I normally do on every episode is let the guests introduce themselves and kind of give a like a brief description and kind of, how they've gotten to where they've come from. So I'll leave, I'll let the floor be all yours. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, yeah, so Kave, the Inspiration Engineer, is a very unique story. Um, I started uh, in music. That's where I come from, right? And uh, I had this brand called Artistic. It was R-T-I-S-T-I-C. And at the time, it was funny because uh, my parents, they always, uh, I call them hero speeches. They would give me these hero speeches early on and be like, you know, you can do anything you want to do, be anything you want to be, right? And I'm like, all right, I want to be a musician. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And my dad's like, no, like, don't do, don't do that. Like, like, <laughs> like, do something else. So to make the, the story give you a short answer. Uh, what I do as an inspiration engineer is help people find fulfillment using creative talent, right, combined with an educational component, which is now edutainment. So coming from the music space, and I'll elaborate on my story, uh, that's what I do as, as a lifestyle coach. I tell people, like, imagine if Tony Robbins and Michael Jackson had a baby or imagine if, if Drake <laughs> was also a life coach, right? He's a musician and a life coach. So that, that's what I do, and that's what I'm here to help is help other people build their brands and uh, develop their creative gifts that way. And how do you think that obviously people people listening can kind of identify with themselves? What what's kind of the and we touched upon this a little bit, so we'll go into a little bit more detail in yeah. terms of using music as more of a tool of inspiration and motivation. What is for you more specifically? What do you think that actual cue is from an emotional standpoint? Well, I think that any creative gift, right, has the ability or the opportunity to be transformed or transitioned or utilized as a tool to inspire. I think just by the very nature of when you do something that you love to do and people are attracted to that or, or you just love it so much that you're giving it, it's going to, by its nature, attract people. And I think that when you have that component. And then if you're, for me, like the inspirational engineer, it, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I originally saw. Um, I started, you know, doing like a lot of entrepreneurs, getting a lot of skills and getting a lot of ways to provide value, you know, old school Jim Rohn, the more value you have, the more value you can offer. Right. And then I saw this unique kind of gap, 
And I was like, man, you got like Eric Thomas that takes his speeches and puts them on hip hop beats. You got Peter Voog and all these guys and they call it mixtapes, which is a musical term, right? And so then I was like, man, like, okay, edutainment, like this is a thing. And then uh, the last thing I'll just say on that, which is really interesting is I started Googling, you know, like, and I tried all kinds of things, artists, Entrepreneur, musicpreneur, uh, you know, edutainment. I was just trying all these different things. And then edutainment right now means gaming, like like teachers in the classroom, like when they bring gaming and then they put it in their classroom, they call that edutainment. And so ultimately to answer your question, any creative skill, any creative talent, anything that you use as something that you personally love, if you can take that trait, that skill, that characteristic, and now apply it in a way that can be useful for others then you can build your own brand around inspiration engineering or what have you. So music was just the tool that I had started with. That's what I used. So the next point, it kind of goes probably very poignantly. Uh, I seen the post you put out, well, I liked it today, but it's the post you put out last month in terms of, you, you might not get it, but what was the inspiration behind doing the one, the dance to music? What was kind of the <laughs> vibe behind that one? Yeah, so there, okay. So I'm going to answer this question a little bit longer answer, but I want your listeners and everybody to vibe on this, right? There's so many rules that society creates of what should be professional, right? Like, this is a professional brand. Like, it looks like this, it feels like this, it, it has all these things. And for whatever reason, like, I've always grown up dancing like me and my high school buddies like we went to dances and we love to dance like you know like I'm not a break dancer or a b-boy or nothing like that but people like dancing and so for whatever reason in my routine you know I've got my morning routine I wanted to inject more fun into my routine it was just that simple and I was like you know what I can dance like or I think I can <laughs> there's probably people out there like dude you need to stop dancing like stop dancing <laughs> stop it but um i felt like okay this is something fun that i enjoy i'm gonna have fun with it uh we had our hashtag for friday which was uh free fun fridays and so basically it was just a simple thought like i'm gonna put this out for the world to enjoy maybe they'll enjoy it maybe they'll hate on it i need more fun it's fun for me and i just leave it at that so that's kind of how that came out to be well it works quite nicely because the music that you use uh is what is it timberland's the morning after so it, it it's poignant that you did it in the morning. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is the, <laughs> I never really thought about that concept. I, I promise. Like, I don't put that kind of planning into it. I, um, I actually just play, like, a Pandora uh, Timbaland, like, radio station. So whatever plays, like, and whenever it hits me, I mean, I don't, like, okay, and I know entrepreneurs that do that, right? So I'm not knocking nobody that's more systematic in that approach. But just... Yeah, it's just like, okay, that hits me, set up the phone, record, bam, we dance it. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean that's, that's just how it came about. But on that, on that more serious note, in terms of planning and, and listening to you speak, Covey, I, I can get the vibe in terms of, well, you probably resonate very similar to me, planning to those extremes doesn't work. And I think maybe because you are quite creative in your nature, you like to do it off the cuff and kind of uh, go with the flow kind of mentality. From what I've found, it's not right, wrong, or indifferent. I have studied, and I, I think there's a lot of different uh, personality and behavioral assessments out there. And I, I strongly advise anybody right now, like if you haven't done 
you know, a disc assessment, a Myers-Briggs assessment. There's a 16personalities.com, Project Evo, all these different tools out there to better understand how your brain and your operating system functions, right? Once you know how that functions, try some different things. I found that you need to have a balance of planning and a balance of scheduled and a balance of spontaneity. So you're absolutely right. Being a creative, being a rapper that used to freestyle, like we talk about improv, this could be for an actor, actress, uh, this could be for a musician, whatever. But the principle of improv is the ability to create in the moment. And so with the ability to create in the moment, sometimes you get some really beautiful experiences because you couldn't have planned it any other way, right? So at the same time, (laughs) there comes a time when you want to have certain planning and structure and things like that because let's say you're doing a publicity campaign or a PR campaign or something like that, you need everything to line up. So you want, you know, this... Uh, article with this ad and this promo and things need to be in alignment. So it's not like all over the place. So what I found for me is a a really good balance between structure and spontaneity. And you won't know where you fall in the spectrum. If, if we're just saying like 10 is spontaneous, you know, fully spontaneous and one is fully structured, you won't know in that spectrum where you fall until you try a lot of different things. And I had, I tried, 15 minute increments, like hard schedule on my calendar, every single thing I do, 15 minute increment for the whole day. I tried that because this multimillionaire millionaire said, like, this is, uh, you know, what's successful for me for your task and to-do list and put it on your calendar. And so for me, it just felt too robotic. So you're absolutely right. I'm surprised you knew that about me. That's uh, really cool that you're like that as well. Uh, But yeah, for your listeners out there, try some different things, see where you fall, and then implement or build your day around what works best for you. And so I'd say I'm, I'd say I'm 60, 40, uh, or maybe 70, 30, right? Like structure to spontaneity. So that'd be about a a pretty fair assessment. I wouldn't say it's me knowing about you. It's probably me being spatially, not spatially aware, being aware through implementing mindfulness and meditation, be able to take on board from what you're saying and get the gist of it and probably be able to read body language and things like that. So I, I think as in getting to know you, I won't say we're very, very similar, but we do have similar traits in terms of um, how we operate. So I think I probably a little bit easier than say for me than say somebody who's very, very structured to be able to relate because, well, how you are as an individual I show a lot of those similar characteristics. So it's, it's, it's a no brainer, really. It's like, well, I assume from what you're portraying, what you're saying, well, it's the language that's coming out. Well, this is what I'm hearing. So it must be this. And I'll be, I'll be honest with the the listeners. Well, and I, I talked about this more recently as we're recording, um, on my, one of my Facebook lives, uh, I think like just last night. With, a, with another trainer I had on and we talked about obviously uh, for our coach in perspective the coach asked us well who, who is not very good with planning and it was all of us so you're thinking well, okay uh, <laughs> it, it, it's quite surprising you have 
I suppose that resonates a little bit. They we all gravitate to each other, so it kind of makes it no it makes sense because we're all in the same boat, but coming from different spectrums and and different well times in our lives. But we all have a systematic way of how we operate. We're very like you said, it's very informal. It's very there's no I won't say there's no structure, but it's very much you wear your heart on your sleeve and you're going to tell it as it is. Whereas from um, probably a video perspective or, or or say the audio format, that's not difficult because you're just speaking. Whereas when it comes down to writing something, that becomes more difficult because you have to sit down, have some structure and think of what, how you're going to construct something because it's not, it's not as easy because you can't pick up those, as I put it, um, body language cues um, of those nature because it's in written content. So it can take be taken out of context. It can be perceived or protruded in, in any number of ways than maybe you, you had in, envisioned. And I, and I think what you touched upon with that improvisation, I think athletes, the better ones, are able to be able to be adaptable on the fly, we talk of it from that perspective. Right. It's trying to get people out of their plan A. Okay, show me what else you've got in your locker, so to speak. If if those athletes don't know what to do, thinking, well, I'm going to have an easy ride today because you, you're showing me everything. You showed me all your cards. I've been able to deflect it. Well, this is going to be easy. I've got you in my pocket. So I think those are the athletes that per se depend on what mentality you're coming from. Some people might say that's bad because you're deviating from structure. But what sport has become is an entertainment. It, it's, you, you have to entertain the crowd. So that element of razzmatazz, you'll see in highlight reels. So when a lot of the younger generations say, well, oh, did you see such and such? And and they kind of I micromanage a little bit and say, well, such, such and such play. We'll use James Harden. There's a lot of the kids that I work with will say, oh, but he doesn't play defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're, gen- you're generalizing that assumption probably on a highlight where he's scoring... 30, 40 points a game. Well, yeah, they're going to show that. Check it out. Check it out, right? So this is what, I, like I said, what I've found, and especially since you, you're everybody that's mainly listeners are our athletes, right? Like this is really what it comes down to from what, I've, what I understand is it comes down to self-awareness, okay? So, again, society says they have these rules. Society has rules, and there's a lot of principles that we get from sports, like teamwork and leadership, things like that, that apply to life, period, right? So, you know, society says these rules where you've got to be, society will say, do your one thing and be a specialist, right? Well, when you look at it, Draymond Green, since we're talking about basketball, Mm -hmm. he's multiple, you know, he doesn't have a specialty. He has, he does everything well. So being that he does everything well and he can, he can, he can be that guy, the first thing that that tells me is that society is wrong about that principle. There's a time to be a generalist, Draymond Green. There's a time to be a specialist, Patrick Beverly, playing and locking down defense since you brought up defense, right? But I think that with 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 anything in life, I love the um, Bruce Lee quote. 
that he says, um, and I, I'm paraphrasing it, but he says, he says water can uh, it, it, it be fluid, like water. He says water can flow and it can crash. He says, be like water, my friend. Like the way he does, I, I'll go back and get my Bruce Lee on. And so, so with that said, I feel like as an athlete, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman or woman or whatever it is that you do as an entertainer, it doesn't matter. It makes the most sense or you're, set, you're setting yourself up in the best predicament or the best possible situation to be able to be more flexible for all competitors and playing offense and defense, right? Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, somebody that can, you know, Michael's hanging in the air and doing all these, he's always adjusting to, to the type of, of shot. But not only is he an offensive threat, he's a defensive genius, right? And so, you know, it doesn't take anything away or add anything to it if we compare when they talk about like the greats of the game, right? Since mm-hmm. we're talking about basketball really quick, it doesn't take anything away from a Shaquille O'Neal or a Wilt Chamberlain, who's a big guy that doesn't do that, right? And so then you get to you get to add in these elements where like then you look at like a LeBron, like LeBron's pretty pretty you know versatile guy where he's got all these different talents, but he plays defense and he plays offense. But LeBron would tell you he would rather pass than score. So it gives him a little different element to the brand. So, so all ultimately, all I'm getting at is, it, it comes down to self awareness as to are you going to be? My first question to you listening right now, to you watching right now, would be this first question: Are you going to be a generalist? Or are you going to be a specialist with whatever you're doing? That's always going to be your choice. Are you going to focus on mastery of one skill, or are you going to master a few different skills and be a Draymond Green? Then the second thing I would say is. Do you want to win on just certain types of opponents or do you want to win no matter who you're facing? And if the answer is, well, I want to win no matter who I'm facing, then I'm going to tell you that it makes sense to be more flexible, right? But you don't get to come to these types of conclusions until you've tried a lot of different things, you've learned from a lot of different approaches, and then you figure out what works best for you so that you can implement it and add it to your game, whether it's basketball or soccer or it's football or it's business or it's life. It's all the same. And so those would be just some things that, you know, I would throw out there for, for our listeners today, you know, to challenge you in that way or think about it maybe in that way. I think it's, it's going a little bit further than that as well, Kobe, and, and being flexible to be on that spectrum. You're going to have to deviate. Um, probably if you went into psychologically from speaking, it's a growth mindset. It's being able to be whatever you need to be at that particular moment to be adaptable. Obviously, um, I was on a show before we came on uh, another recording, uh, and I talked about it in the light of obviously from a Darwinistic perspective, you either adapt. Uh, evolve or die so you, you, you in that in that no simple term that's how nature operates you either evolve and that's a kind of con- continuation of that spectrum of being flexible or you go out of existence it's 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 a simple simple way of looking at it it's quite cutthroat in in the in the mannerism and looking at it but in all reality we live and we die so I think when we come to term, be able to be accepting of, of of that, and we are, in a sense, grateful but to be alive every day as it comes, and you don't take it for granted, and you live your life to the fullest, and to do the best of the ability that you can, and to take that notion of flexibility, 
adaptability and in some occasions obviously evolution because you're going to grow as a person by doing that you're going to be a better person all, all, all around I didn't know that was Darwinism. It's like, I think I learned that a while back and now I'm like, okay, I'll, I've resonated with that. Right. I think, I think that's absolutely right. I think that, you know, since I was talking about music and like, just to show everybody that it applies to all things when, when Drake, Drake's a very popular musician, everybody knows these days. Right. So when Drake came in the game, he didn't call himself Drizzy. <laughs> he didn't call himself Drizzy until years in. Right. And so people always talk about, you know, in music, for example, you always got to reinvent yourself. I think, uh, excuse me, some just fell about this. Uh, I think in 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 you know business, you want to keep a ear to the ground and know what is always happening in the startup space because you know startups are always in innovating. So if you stay uh, connected to innovation, you're going to reinvent that way. So uh, absolutely, you're either going to. I mean, it comes down to you're either going to adapt, you're going to choose to evolve or somebody's going to replace you because somebody is working that much harder. And so uh, I also like when Tony Robbins says, you know, you either grow or you die. There is no in between. It's just growth or death. Like which one is it? And so, yeah. So I think you've always got to be in a constant state of, uh, of sculpting whatever it is your craft is and just keep tweaking and making those adjustments, making it better. But we do not agree. Also, it's not reinventing the wheel. Sometimes it's the simple simplicity in its simplest form, I think we do at times look to find a problem to a problem as opposed to finding a problem to a solution. Uh, sorry, we're the other way around. Uh, a solution to the problem. And, and why reinvent the wheel if you don't need to? If something's working, why fix something that's not broken? That's an interesting concept. I think that I would, have to, I would, I would challenge that philosophy a little bit. Right. I would challenge it in a way to say, well, OK, well, if we if we focus on that at 100 percent, then you never innovate. <clears throat> I mean, you never really what what is innovation? Innovation is the ability to come up with something that didn't exist because it never existed. At, at one time, planes never existed. So if we stick to that philosophy and we, we hold on to that philosophy at its fullest, we would never have a plane. We would never have a car because it never existed before. Or in this current age, we would never have a robot or artificial intelligence because we never had it before. Or we would never have a computer. It's ongoing. I do agree, though, that you've got to stand on somebody else's shoulders. And so like Steph Curry, for example, since we're talking about sports, could Steph Curry always shoot like that? No. Right. Who did he learn from? His father. Where did his father learn from? The grace that came before him, right? So before Steph Curry, there was Reggie Miller, right? Uh, after Reggie Miller, there was Ray Allen, right? And then here comes Steph Curry. So even though Steph Curry did innovate and solve a problem that really wasn't a problem <laughs> in this case, right? Shooting a 37-foot three-pointer wasn't a, something that you needed to do. But he innovated in a way that nobody was doing that. So I don't think it's a ma- – I don't think it's a – uh, necessarily a necessity to innovate in that way. I, I believe that when you're, especially if you're just getting going with something and you, you're not as well-versed or maybe as experienced in whatever you're doing, absolutely. Like you need to start with something very simple, something very basic, learning the basics. But as you build upon those basics, 
And now you've got, as they say, 10,000 hours. We've all heard that. Like you're going to put in, you know, 10,000 hours of jump shots, whatever. As you started putting in your, your time, as you started putting in and studying those that come before you, as you start seeing, and that goes back to your original question of inspiration engineer, eventually you'll find a gap in what you do or potentially you might. And if you do, then I say innovate. So that would be my only uh, adjustment to that is, is there's a time to innovate. There's a time to be simplistic. There's a time to be a specialist and there's a time to generalize. So it's just a matter of, again, being aware and knowing where you're at within those different di- di- those uh, dynamics. Well, I think the simplest term you talk about the basics is learning your craft. It's learning where you need to improve, what you are fundamentally built upon. Uh, I think, well, for me, specifically with me playing by, well, wheelchair basketball, I would say it was built on, well, the defense isn't always good. And I know, and, and I, I don't hang my hat on that. I, I know some games I have a bad uh, experience uh, defensively, but I, I'm not as hard as I used to be on myself and say, well, I think Facebook's a good positive for that. From that <laughs> perspective, because you've got Facebook Live, so you can watch the game back, obviously not in real time, but you can watch it back and look at your own performance and gauge it from that and actually reflect and say, well, okay, I didn't play as poorly as I b- perceived I did when we finished. And you can kind of get, from a coach's perspective, well, you didn't do this. And then instead of having an outburst, you can say, well, okay, let me let, let me go look in the future of what happened, see if they're right. And I think on that, on that rare occasion, they were. It was like, well, it's good I kept my mouth shut because they were right. <laughs> uh, and kind of take it from that. But I think I'm a harshest, I think you would probably be the same. We were all, all our harshest critics. But I think if you take that awareness and taking a step back and looking at it in the bigger picture and taking on board people's, um, it's not positive criticism, but their actual... Constructive? Construct, con- no, but as in they, they'll give you a pat on the back, yeah, you did play well. Oh, you might right. not perceive that. You're thinking, well, okay. They wouldn't say it for the sake of it. It's it, they're, not, they're not telling you... Uh, something that you want to want to hear because it caught me off guard. I think the last game we had is like I, I was kind of chatting to somebody and said, "Oh, I've not played particularly well." They said, "Oh, you did." I'm still not looked at that game back just to actually get a, um, an overall perspective of. I know I didn't shoot particularly well, but that that I was fine with that. I was like, "Well, you didn't shoot well. You didn't, I didn't shoot well in the warm ups." So, so as athletes know, you kind of you kind of um, Reap the, what, what you sow. I didn't Bet. do the actual, I won't say the basics right, but I didn't have a good warm up. So mm. there's no surprise in the correlation. I didn't particularly shoot well in, in the warm up. There's been times I've shot well in warm up and I've not turned up in a game as well. So, so it's a catch 22. It's not being too hard on you if you do have a bad shoot around because that's pointless because it's, why, why be frustrated and uptight? because it's a warm-up at the end of the day, you are going to be a little bit apprehensive, tense, because physiologically, that arousal level, you perceive it as worry, um, 
doubts, fear, and all those negative things that go with it. Right. Most people that have listened, well, the, 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 the actual other end of the spectrum with excitement and joy and all that is the same. So I think if you refrain it from a different perspective and look at it positively, which I've done at times in game. Like I, I, I jokingly said uh, in like the shoot around uh, in one of the like more, more important games of the season, I, I was joking to one of the teammates, oh, I'm the team psychologist. <laughs> and we kind of burst out laughing. I was, I was joking. Joking but around I, it, what, what sense as far as how you played? No, in terms of I'll, I'll give within like private groups, I'll give like the, the motivational speech or something like that. Cause one of the, <laughs> our team managers said, Oh, would you go ahead? And I think I used one of Eminem songs to be the motivator. And I can't remember which one it was. I think it's that one. But I was like, she said, are oh, you going to beatbox it in the, in the huddle? I was like, yeah, no chance. I've got confidence, but I'm not, I'm not going to be doing that because somebody might end up recording it. And it's like, well, I do have a little bit of self-control and be comfortable in that arena because of the background with education and being able to do it on 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 my platform. But that's maybe a two, step too far. It's it's going outside of what you say a comfort zone. It's 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 kind of overstepping the mark a little bit. It's like well, you, you you're kind of making it a little bit farcical a little bit. So it's at the end of the day, yeah, it's sport. That's there is a time and place where I don't, I don't think I've spoken up yet, but I've asked. Well, if and when we make the playoffs, can I do the pre pre game speech mm. instead of the coach? You said, yeah, by all means. So nice. it's it's coming up with that idea. So that's kind of the motivator for me. Well, okay, let us turn up every week and win games. I think we're like on a ten game win streak. Nice. And get us closer to that goal of making the playoffs because it's not happened in the last three years. So they don't come very often. I know some people will say if you're on a kind of a dynasty within high school, maybe collegiate sport, you have that luxury. But if you, you were in somebody else's shoes, that's kind of gone from a, a barren run, a dry spell, you'll clutch it with both hands. Well, I'm not going to get, I may not get this opportunity again. Let me right. grasp on it. And soak up every ounce of how would you put it? This, this positive experience, and it's like polar opposites of seasons we have in the past. It's like as if the ones where seasons haven't gone wrong. It's be like a toxic atmosphere. It'd be you know like the blame games. Like well, you're not stepping up to the mark. Whereas everything goes back to the probably the root cause of why everybody gets into entertainment or something they love it, it comes down to that emotional connection towards it it's you're doing it because you find it you, you get the satis- satisfaction and the fun aspect of it so i think we take everything from practice into games so it's the it's as if it's a pickup game so it's 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 the the, the actual seriousness is there because it's obviously win or lose mentality. Well, check this out, right? There was this quote. It's funny you bring that up because there was this quote I uh, posted uh, on Facebook. I forget where I heard it, to be honest. But it said, uh, sweat more in training 
and you'll bleed less in war. Sweat less, or excuse me, I said that inverted. Sweat more in training. Did I say sweat? I don't remember what I said, but y'all know what I meant. Sweat more in training and you'll bleed less in war. Uh, you'll bleed less on the battlefield. And I think that that, you know, you how you play is going to be, in whatever you do, is going to be very parallel to how you practice, right? How you practice is is everything. And how you play, I, I think that that, the principle of your practice mentality. I love, um, I'm not a big, big Kobe Bryant fan, but I love when we think about just like a hardcore work ethic, I love that hashtag Mamba mentality. You know what I mean? Like if you got a Mamba mentality in all that you do, you're savage. <laughs> you know I mean? that's just, that's just, and I say that with all the best of love, like you are an absolute savage. And so I, I, I think that people that strive for greatness and it comes down to also what your goals are your goal right now or you get satisfaction or you derive, you know, meaning and and significance from being that Drew Brees in the huddle that gets everybody hype, right? Like says those words to get everybody pumped up and inspired. I think about, you know, Drew Brees or Ray Lewis. Um, I don't know in basketball who gives great opening speeches. I mean, that would be uh, something interesting to to figure out. But you, you get meaning from that. And so I think that, again, you know, when you study the greats, when you decide I'm going to be great, you know, that's something that, sh- that comes with the territory, which is the practice aspect. It's the, uh, I, I love the other thing they say, which is like um, people get rewarded in public for what they do in private. It's what nobody else sees when you're putting in all that work and all the grind and all the effort. That's the person that shows up. That's why Steph Curry can shoot the way Steph Curry shoots. And just going back on that, since we were talking about Steph Curry earlier, just go one more thing because I didn't mention this earlier and I wanted to go back to it before I forgot. You know, Steph Curry is also very bad for the game. <laughs> they talk about this, and I say this with – I love Steph Curry, so don't get it twisted, you guys. Everybody's probably hating on me like, whoa, what? Like, nah, like I love Steph Curry. But this is what I mean, though. This is what I mean. you got to master your layup game. Like, there's kids that are like, you know, 18 and below that are trying to shoot Steph Curry shots because they're inspired. It's like, I need you not to do that right now. I need you to get a mastery around a layup, right? Then get mastery around a free throw. Then get mastery around, you know, shooting a three-pointer. And then start practicing Steph Curry and then, you know, full court or half court shots. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's gradual steps to being great. Like, you don't just go from zero to 100. I mean, you can. We call it a 100x return, but it's not, the like you said, it's not simplistic, right? It's not. It's not the best way or best approach uh, to go about innovating. So anyway, I just wanted to say that earlier because that was uh, that was uh, before we lost that point. I wanted to mention that, and that's kind of what I mean around innovation. But that's also what I mean around practice. Steph Curry can only do that because of all the hours he put in <laughs> since he was a little kid, you know, shooting and and practicing that way. So I just want to throw that out there for everybody. But if you go a step further, and this is very poignant in terms of what I'm working at with kids in high school, they'll be they'll say to me, "Well, why do you do kind of an old school approach to to basketball and having like a post game?" It's like, "Well, I'm bigger than you, so why not?" Because <laughs> right. I'm about to. You should. Is is this a clean show or is this a uh, is this a parental? Is this is this for adults or is this for kids only? I can put explicit on it. On, it's on explicit. It. Okay, so you should tell them because I'm going to Joe and bead your ass like that's, 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 <laughs> Why? Why do you do old school? Because I'm going to Joe and bead your ass right now. That's what you should tell them. 
Well, yeah. it's, it's probably the same with you, you, you and I with our with our fathers. That's exactly what they did to us. It's I'm going to use my size. Well, my dad's six foot three, and what was he? Say high hundred and high hundred. So he was big, big boy. So I, I think I, I, when I eventually beat him, it's like no, no, that's that's enough, James. No more. We're, we're not playing anymore. But it was back to the basket. But that's very much of nowadays as old school it's it's not it's not the norm it's that the big boys are out there on the three point line as well it's like okay okay it's an evolution as we as we talked about previously so that's when you're actually comparing the greats it's impossible now because of how the game has evolved down the eras it's like well you talk of the like what will chamberlain um of all that generation three point line didn't exist Right. Him scoring, what was it, 60? I think, well, yeah, 100. He's got 100, 100 points. Game, it was yeah. only five teams in the league, so. <laughs> right. Hey, you want to hear a funny story? I haven't ever told this story publicly. It's actually quite entertaining with what we're talking about right now. You want to hear it? Yeah, go on. So um, when I was, I think I was like 16, 17 years old, right? Uh, I'm a pretty thin guy. If you guys have never like seen me, like I'm not like huge. I, I've grad- l- Luckily, Gradually over time, I started to fill out in like width, but I've always been six four, like from high school, whatever. But I've always been very thin, and so when I played AAU basketball, I actually had to play against Big Baby Davis, uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis. But he wasn't he wasn't baby um, he wasn't Big Baby back then. He was Baby Shaq, and so we're playing, uh, which is funny because he actually went to LSU. We uh we are playing in AAU, and so he goes down to the post, right? And he just hits me, and you guys can't see me right now, so for those that are just listening to the, to the broadcast, but he just hits me with like a little forearm like this. And I go, I go flying away. And he just, <laughs> he just turns around and he just dunks. Like, I mean, he had, I, I don't remember how many points he had. He probably had like 30, 40 points. But so then what I did, like to, to come back, and I'm from, I'm from Indiana, so, you know, in Indiana, we, we play. Like, Indiana is a state where it's like, uh, for those that don't know in, in USA, Indiana is a state where it's like it's a basketball state. Like when you are four years old, would you go further uh, than basketball state and say almost a religion? Basically, I mean, basically, right? Like whether you're male or female, no, you know, when you're very young, your parents are teaching you basketball facts. You're, you learn the mechanics of how to dribble with your right hand, how to dribble with your left hand, how to lay it up with your left hand, how to lay it up with your right hand. So even kids that aren't very talented or aren't very good or don't even like basketball, they know how to play. Like, I mean, this is, it's just what we do. So, you know, from that type of upbringing, I was like, okay, big baby, I got something for you. Like, I'm going to take you out to these three, these three point line and I'm going to eat you up. And so, you know, like that, not, not in like arrogance or an ego and just telling you the facts. I actually played a good game. I had 22, 22 points, but it's funny how the game has evolved, right? And like, like the, uh, I was watching a game the other day and they were talking about, who was it? I think it was Dennis Scott and, uh, Chris Weber, but they were talking about basically, you know, it was a bad shot <laughs> to come down the court on a fast break and pull up for a three. Like nobody did this. Like you, if you did that back in the day, you're getting taken out of the game. Like, you're coming out, coach is sitting you down. And so that's what I think is really interesting is just how the game has evolved. I think that once you, again, put in those hours, you know what what things you do very well. 
And if you're doing a Ben Simmons hook shot, <laughs> ben, ben Simmons brought back the uh, the uh, Dr. J, you know, Magic Johnson hook shot. Like I haven't seen that in a long time, right? But uh, you know, if you if you got this little different thing to your arsenal, that's what's going to make you stand out and be different. So uh, I just thought I'd share that because it's pretty pretty funny. You talk about being a big man and being a post player versus being able to go outside and get buckets. Well, I'm not that big. I'm what my five eight, five nine at a push. Okay, I'm talking about kids that are <laughs> smaller than me. Uh, the, ones that, the ones that are bigger you're than being me. a bully. I mean, you be so you being a bully. Character building. But I think with the the ones that are taller than you, the kids' perspective, they'll push back. They'll push you. They'll push you back. Okay, some of it's fat. I'll, I'll let it go because it's kind of street rules. But it's like, well, you can't physically put your hands all over my back and push me away because it's a foul. So I was right. like, I'll let it go because it's it's gonna it's gonna make you have to play. And but then you should really position yourself a little bit better and use your body. But that's maybe because he doesn't have to play against people of his own maybe one kid that's similar height but he can impose himself physically because he's he's a little bit more stocky so he, I think because he doesn't have anybody of similar stature or I can bully people I don't really have to do certain things and say well well don't go and do that mentality you had. Well, step out to the three-point line and airball it and things like that, and do the basics right, and impose yourself because if that's a plan A, it's quite hard to stop. Then you have to double team, and then somebody's wide open. So I think it's having that perception and being able to step back and read the game. Whereas I can do that. You talked of LeBron being passed first. Right. Well, I've gone. As I've progressed through the ranks from being a point guard when I started out with the team I'm at to playing as a forward. And I actually like it because I think wheelchair basketball is very much probably like how able-bodied basketball used to be. There is big boys in there and it's quite physical inside. But that's fun because you're only, as long as you can accept getting smacked in the head uh, and all that contact that's going to come with it. I love it. Whereas with the point guard one, it's a bit bo- it can be quite boring at times. But that instilled with me, I say the fundamental. But I was how that was how I was when I picked up a basketball as a kid, as an able body within, within school where where I was growing up. So I'd be very much pass first. Whereas now, because I have a player as a forward, obviously the emphasis is on scoring. Yeah, yeah, I'm quite happy. I don't need to inbound the ball. The ball, the ball's eventually going to come to me. I'll do it when it's on the score, on the stat sheet. So it's like, well, you get the recognition. Whereas sometimes a pass, you know, the initial pass, you don't get the, um, what's the word I want to use? The actual acknowledgement of it. And I think the only sport that that's the case would be hockey. ice hockey. And that's it. The, right. the second person does get an assist. Whereas in basketball, um, I don't know. Uh, American football, when it would be like a lateral and then down the field, well, the first one that's done the lateral doesn't get anything. Okay, that's a highlight reel, but yeah. <laughs> you don't get anything from a stat perspective, from a touchdown perspective. Yeah. But I think I think if you're inclined to to do the, well, in a sense, is a basic, 
uh, and doing the hard graft, it's behind the scenes. But people closer to the game will acknowledge it because it's like, well, if you didn't do, you didn't do that, you didn't do a pick, for example. Well, somebody's not open or screen off the ball. Those those skills in itself, you don't get glorification for it. But if they're done correctly, they make a lot of damage. Well, here's here's an interesting interesting uh, concept, right? Uh, so I got I want two two points on this. So first thing, it's funny because uh, I got some of this as well. But it's funny that you went inverted from uh, you know guard play to post play. I went from post play to guard play, and I prefer being like the ball handler, even though I'm not the best like dribbler guy. But I see the court very well, so I think that that's that's really interesting and funny that you brought that up. Uh, but here's here's what's up that I found, and this kind of goes back to again: Do you want to be great? My question to you and to those listening, not as like a rhetorical question, like not necessarily for someone to answer. Does it, do you need the, the glorification? See, it's the thing that people don't like, like, I mean, nobody, like when you think of like a Dennis Rodman, like he's hitting the boards, right? That's all he does. But it's, I mean, that, that trait and that skill is a game changer on a team. Right, like the Bulls wouldn't have been the Bulls. Jordan wouldn't have been Jordan in the latter years without Dennis Rodman. Facts. I mean, there, there's not too many people that would argue that that point with me. On on a football side, since we talked about football, like the offensive linemen don't get no props. Like they never talk about. You know that? I mean, it's very. I think I, honestly, probably for real, I could probably count on my hands the, the my finger my hands. I could probably count on my fingers the amount of times I've heard a commentator mention like an offensive lineman who's outstanding. You don't ever really hear about the offensive linemen. We hear about the running backs, you know, the the uh, Emmitt Smiths or the, you know, LaDainian Thomasons or wh- whoever, whatever running back you want to throw out there. Um, Walter Payton for our old school <laughs> listeners, uh, whoever you want to throw out there. So, my, my, but do you need the glorification? Because, I mean, hey, if I'm like, I'm on, I'm on some Tom Brady, uh, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, let me count my rings. You know what I'm saying? Like, if everybody is basically doing that, that, that work that doesn't get necessarily the glory, if people can kind of put that on the back burner, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, you try to get to the playoffs with your team. You try to figure that out. So what's more important? I need to get the glory and the stats, or do I need to get these wins? And then the very last thought I had, and I wanted to share this as well, for those that are our are, are younger listeners out there, no matter really what age you are, but if you want to get dope, like if you want to really get like skilled, Play with people that are older than you and much better than you, because that's how you get. That's how you get dope. You get dope by playing with people. Like, how old, by the way, how old are the kids that you're playing against? Since you said you're so much bigger than oh, them, they're teen, they're t- they are in high school. So it's they're in high school, but they they do no, yeah, but they do dish out smack as well. So that, that's that, that's you're, you 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 want to talk? Okay, you got to back up because one, what was he saying? Oh, he said to me recently, "Oh, you're trash." You also you also cheated because we were playing to five, and then right. the score changed. Let's go to go to six. He obviously won to six, but I've already won. So uh, that one that's bending the rules. So I was like, well, how many times have you beat supposedly beat me? So I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll let you have that one because you kept going and you had that work ethic. But I beat you every. I beat you since last year. 
So <laughs> okay, it's a year to two days. Like that is our record. No, wait, no, wait. So it's that one. It's whereas the ones who I've lost to, it's pointless. Why, why, why am I going to embarrass myself anymore? I've lost once. I'm not going to be humiliated. I, I tell you something funny too, because I also want to contradict what I just said. Age isn't really necessarily the factor either. It's really about skill. It's really about skill. Uh, because uh, this is a little funny story that happened last year, right? So I'm going, I usually play basketball nowadays at like LA Fitness, which I don't know if you guys have LA Fitnesses out there or not, but um, LA Fitness. And so there's these guys that are much older than me. They're in there like like 45 to the oldest dude was like, you know, 58, 62, right? And so they're over here playing and I come in, it's like 5 a.m. in the morning, 6 a.m. That's when the, the older guys usually get it in. And um, I was like, man, I want to play, right? So I walk over and I was like, yo, like, like I would love to play. And it was like, you got to be 35 to play. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm 33. I was like, but I'm from Indiana. Like, I always use my Indiana yeah. credentials because it gets me a lot of, like, you know, a lot of clout. I was like, I'm 33. I was like, so I, I'm from Indiana. I was like, and I know how to play. I was like, so uh, <laughs> it's like, this is like the funniest thing that's like ever happened to me on the basketball court as far as something funny. But uh, I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I said, I just want to play as physical. I was like, and I play a very structured game. Like, you know, I play a very formal game. And I was like, we'll have good, you know, good times. And it was like, okay, well, just don't be as physical. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I'm giving it like seven out of 10, six out of 10. Like thinking like, okay, it's going to be like, you know, the less physical game I've ever played. These guys, <laughs> they were the most aggressive guys I've ever played. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, like, right when I get started, I get immediately, like, arm check. Like, but I don't mean, like, I mean, it's like, like, I used to play in Philadelphia. So, Philadelphia, they play, like, if you're not bleeding, don't call foul. Like, don't, you don't call foul unless you're bleeding. Like, that's facts. So, it was funny because these guys, I mean, they, they hit me, like, and I don't mean just, like, one guy. Like, one, like oh, that's a one-off call, man. I'm talking about multiple dudes were being mad physical. And they were like 45 to like low 60s. And it was so funny. So it can't, it doesn't necessarily mean I don't want to discredit anybody out there that's just like crushing it. And maybe they're really young or maybe they're really old. But I'm just saying like, if you really want to develop your skill, you want to play with people that are way bigger and better than you. Because that's going to develop, you know, your talent and being able to take a foul and finish you know, being able to, you know, take contact, being able to uh, dribble better, shoot better, all these different things by playing with people that are much better than you, uh, you'll be able to develop and, and ramp up or, or compound, as they say in business, you'll be able to compound your, your skills. So I just want to throw that out there. I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. And my uh, penultimate question to you, Kove, would be, well, how do you challenge or change your perception of your mindset? Ooh, well... I can only speak from what I have done or what's worked for me. Um, one of the biggest things that worked for me, there's a lot of people that hate on motivation. And I don't say this because I'm in the space of being a motivational guy. Like a lot of, I don't want people to think I'm biased because I'm not. Um, I like the saying that says basically like, you know, I shower every day <laughs> because you want to stay clean. Like, so I listen to motivation on a regular basis to keep a positive mindset. So one thing that you can do uh, practic- practically, one thing is to listen to people that inspire you, motivate you, and are successful because it's a high probability they're teaching you the principles that you need to hear. That'd be number one. Number two, <clears throat> willpower, I think, is different for everybody. Resiliency, 
is different for everybody. So how do you become more resilient? How do you get more challenges to overcome? First thing you got to do is decide <laughs> that you're going to overcome it, right? It's, it's, it's the little thing. Know, know this, guys. Like, know this right off rip. The people that are great are no different than you and I. The only difference, if we want to call it that, is that they have chosen and made the decision that no matter what, and you guys have probably heard this, feel the pain and do it anyway. <laughs> it's not that they don't feel pain. It's I'm going to feel this pain and I'm still going to do whatever it is that I'm doing. So that right there in itself is going to build up your resilience muscle. So one, listen to programming on a regular basis. Things that are going to give you the mindset that you need by listening to others who have the mindset you want. Number two, when challenges come and they're going to come, <laughs> go ahead and accept the challenge. You're worthy of it. You're built for it. Take it. That's going to build up your strength. And the more that you do that, I think that compounds into a healthy, strong mindset. And I think that the more that you do that, and the, the, the third thing that I'll say, uh, since we got one and two, is something that has really helped me is to journal. And I guess I'll combine these. Journal and meditate right? Journaling gives you the ability to reflect on all your thoughts. You were talking about being on a Facebook live and watching your, your gameplay, right? Watching it back. So journaling is kind of like a game breakdown of your thoughts for the day. So add journaling in there. And then, um, so I, like I said, my number three is journal and meditation. Meditation allows for us to kind of uh, debrief or release or uh, refresh and so those three things, <laughs> I put up two fingers and said three things, those three things, um, <laughs> those three things would be the, the practical steps that I would take to getting a strong mindset if I didn't have one. And my final question to you, Corvey, before we wrap up the episode, is if yeah. you had to summarize what we've been speaking about into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? <clears throat> If you want to be a top performer and you want to be great, study, follow, and execute or adapt, grow, and evolve around what the top performers do. So once again, Kove, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Boots. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and let Corvey and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at Corvey, that's C-A-U-V-E-E, and at James O. Roberts 11. Again, you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And check out his motivational group on Facebook. And again, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk forward slash free dash resources. Make sure to check those out. The links will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category psychology. So once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.